Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson, and it gives me such pleasure to bring this to you, to share stories of triumph, stories of learning and growth from many different people with many magnificent uh, stories and encounters uh, from their past. We have a great episode for you today. My special guest had a solid career in the IT industry and decided to forge a path to follow her heart and pursue her dreams. She is now an author, a content creator, and meditation practitioner, among other things. She's just released her book titled Overcoming Fear and Failure, A Practical Guide for Women Who Overthink. We're going to learn more about the book and the intriguing realness of the various layers that we each have. We're also going to learn about her inspiration behind writing the book, as well as her inspiration behind pursuing her heart's passion. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Kiran Betty. Kiran, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. That was a fantastic introduction. Thank you so much. Oh, for sure. No, no. We thank you for your time. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, your childhood and so forth. So I was born and raised in India, and mm-hmm. I grew up in a family of teachers. Uh, my parents, they run school, as in, you know, high school. And um, so so the whole, um, you know, atmosphere of like growing up was around books, around reading, around studying. And uh, it was very, um, you know, driven towards academia and doing well. Right. And so I grew up here. Um, I decided to pursue physics as a career uh, in university. I -hmm. went to States, got my master's, and I had actually planned to get a PhD. But right around I finished master's, I wasn't feeling too convinced. Uh, You know, I, I caught in my head, you know, this is, this is a subject like I am going to be giving like the next five years of my life. So I better be sure if this is what I really want. That's right. And I wasn't getting like a hundred percent. Yes. And I am so grateful looking back uh, that I did decide to pursue other things. I had always wanted to, you know, uh, work in New York city. And I was like, you know, it would be great to, to explore that. And it just so happened uh, all stars aligned and I ended up, um, <laughs> becoming a business analyst at Lehman Brothers. So gotcha. that's what I did right after college. And, and since then, I've worked in states. Um, I worked in New York City. I worked in California, around Seattle, primarily in investment banks, IT companies. Um, more or less, my work has always centered around technology. So, yeah, that's, that's a high-level view of how it's been so far. Oh, wow. That is quite a journey so far. Kiran, coast to coast, <laughs> New York, California. <laughs> Very impressive. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, I, when it comes to uh, writing, uh, I, I, I have to ask writers this, especially uh, these days with technology and all. Um, what is your favorite way to write? Is it old school pen to paper or, or typing? Oh, absolutely pen and paper. Uh, Hands down. It- Keep it original, right? Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Because, you know, um, when you write, at at least this is my experience and I can only speak for myself. Mm -hmm. When you write, Aubrey, um, you know, when you put your hand, uh, I mean, your hand and the paper next to each other, your hand is connected to your heart. And, Mm. And you are 
you know, in a state of being or your brain waves are really slowed down, you're no longer like typing at 200 hours per minute or whatever that speed is, right. you know, you really slow down, you're able to register what you really feel, what mm -hmm. you really think, and how does that really register with your body? You know, like in the whole day, you hear a thousand things, probably even more. And, but not everything is meant for you. Not every beautiful compliment is really meant. I mean, if I were to be really honest mm -hmm. and to really slow down and to be with yourself, I think that is when I really fell in love with writing because nice. I was just able to like cut out all the noise and just be still with like, okay, this is what I experienced today. And how does it feel in my body? Right. And, and, and that was the beauty of writing for me. So pen and paper, any, any day, any day that, that is awesome. And, uh, man, it's almost serendipitous how you, how you explained that Kiran, because, uh, that was actually touching on, um, two other questions that I had for you and feel free to elaborate if you like, but, um, I was going to ask you that depending on the topic of your content, do you find yourself emotionally immersed in your writings? And, and if, if your hand is connected to your heart and you're writing old school pen to paper, it sounds like you do. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Without a shadow of doubt. So, you know, for your listeners, Aubrey, I'll, I'll give a little, um, I'll share a little bit of how I really got started into writing. Great. I really didn't have a plan that, oh, I'm going to be an author. Um, I, I had no such plan. I had no such, you know, agenda that this is what I'm going to do down the road. So the way it unfolded was um, I had been doing meditation. And I remember, I, I, this is what I have usually seen. When you start to meditate, you kind of start to get creative because right. you start to feel all this creative energy. And then you're like, okay, I need to channelize it somewhere. And so it was for me. Very Remember, nice. this was around 2011. I got my first DNA, and I remember taking this camera, almost a thousand bucks on it. And then when once I got it, I'm like, how am I supposed to shoot? Like I couldn't like frame, you know, these beautiful, uh, picturesque settings that are so like you know natural to, in this day and age on Instagram. Right. And I was like, man, how am I supposed to do this? So luckily, I had a photographer friend who said, you know, if you are struggling with being creative with camera, I want you to go and read this book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Mm. And she said, do whatever the book tells you to do. I'm like, okay. So I was intrigued and I really wanted to learn photography because I just couldn't imagine my life without photography at that time for some reason. <laughs> right. And, and, and so it was. And, you know, one of the main, uh, like, foundation of the book is to do this three pages of uninterrupted uh, consciousness stream of writing. So mm. basically you wake up in the morning, you start writing three pages, whatever comes to your mind. And if your mind tells you, I have nothing to write, and that is exactly what you write. I have nothing to write. Okay. And, and I was like, you know, this is okay. I, I remember first day I had something to write. Second, third day, I ha I, it was just a blank. 
uh, I had, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I have nothing to write. And I kid you not, I literally wrote on three pages, longhand, I have nothing to write. Wow. And, but I persisted. Yes, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I stayed with, with the, you know, this journey. And I remember on fourth or fifth day, I literally felt like a dam burst open. And yeah. then I had so much to write. And then there was no end. And then I wow. remember quickly, uh, you know, so, so Julia asks you to re uh, write only three pages. So for me, very quickly, three pages turned into six pages, into nine, into 12, into 20. Wow. And before you know, I was just in love with writing. And, and again, it wasn't like I was like wanting to be an author or something. For me, writing very quickly evolved into a, a safe space. A I place where I could know how I think, why I think, what I think. And really, you know, getting in tuned with the inner workings of my mind. Well, why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way? And that fascinated me to no end. And it also, you know, gave me an opportunity to look at some of the things, you know, maybe from my childhood, from my adulthood years, that I had kind of like, you know, not even paid attention to right. because maybe they were not happy memories. And I was mm -hmm. really able to see that in black and white. First, what those memories was, were, and two, how did I really feel about them? So very quickly, it kind of like turned into like emotional healing work, if I could use that word. Sure, like I didn't sure. even know what I was doing. It was just like I was exploring emotions and I was wow. shocked to see how deeply I felt things. Like, you know, before I never paid attention, like, yeah, people feel anger, then they feel sadness, and then they feel happy, and then they feel joy, and then it, that's the end of the story. Right. But once I became so present to my to my day-to-day -day emotional states, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, if, like on a scale of one to 10, my feelings were probably like 11 or 15, maybe 20. There were days then they were 100. My I know goodness. I'm exaggerating, but it really <laughs> felt that way. It, it just felt very raw and, mm -hmm. and it was scary. I'll be honest with you. When you, know, when you have never really felt or, or maybe you have felt, but you've just never been present to your feelings. Right, right. So it, it can feel a scary place. But... Thankfully, I had a lot of people around me who had done their emotional work. So when I would share with my friends, hey, this is what's going on. They were like, yeah, that's that's totally normal. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you're not the only one. So don't worry about it. So it's like, right. Okay. Love it. So, Love it. Yeah. So so quickly, you know, uh, as I was sharing that story, one of the things that happened with me during writing was I used to write longhand, like with my hand. Right. And I remember this one day I was writing something. I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but I wrote something and I literally heard like a voice in my heart say to me, oh, cancel that out. You know, that's not how you feel. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. So, so, you know, it, then it dawned on me that my journal is one place that I can't lie to myself. I Amazing. can't run away from what's so obvious in my heart. Because, you know, when we, when we live our day-to-day -day life, when there are so many things to attend to, there's job, there's family, there's kids, there's so many things. 
it is so easy to not like just take a moment to to become still to tune right. into that intuition and then be like okay what is it that i really want i'm saying yes to this person am i am i saying yes because it's 100% yes from the inside or is this just a cover up and i'm wanting to please someone i'm just wanting to make someone happy right and 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 i think uh, that's what my journal became to me it, it was a place where i could get guidance it was a place where i could be absolutely vulnerable with myself and be honest with myself and i think that that was at least for me that was really challenging to really mm-hmm. to really admit to myself you know this is how i feel in my heart and i can't like i can no longer deny it right uh, because you know society has put these expectations uh, at least for me um you know like when i went to states i was like oh i'm going to be doing this and doing that and have my buy a house and then do this and you know then start three new businesses and you know uh when all those things didn't happen in the timeline i thought they would there was not only a lot of doubt and sadness and shame and a lot of like emotions that go with it but to be honest um i hadn't become the person that i needed to become that could do those businesses does that mm. make sense yes it does 100% and, i understand and yeah and you know so for me like it was like my head was in one direction my heart was in one direction and i'm just treading both you know these uh, sides of myself you know one moment i'm in my head one moment i'm in my heart and i'm like what the heck am i supposed to do here <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah there was and no alignment there there was no alignment and no mm-hmm. wonder you know i was like things didn't work out because there was always this inner conflict that i was in a perpetual state of being I uh where i was like what the heck am i supposed to do and it it was a complete ego dismantling at least for me in my case like really learning to let go and and you know a part of that also um opray i would attribute to um the way i not so much i was raised but the way our educational system is right which is very like i like you know i studied physics i've always been like a math and science major and by default you know when you start to go into bachelor's and masters and then even phd uh by the way i love to l- learn and read and all those things which are beautiful however right. i feel like you also at least i got into very like overthinking over analysis mode and while it's beautiful to do that in your work you know you like there there's got to be a balance with your heart um not just in work but also in your day-to-day life you you're not a machine no you're not you can't be like go 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 because then you then you're not bringing all of yourself with you and i think and and you know now from where i am from this vantage point i can absolutely say that when you lead with your heart when you when you show up with your heart right you are so much more powerful than if you were to just show with your head alone and i think for me that was my biggest disconnect and at the same time i knew 
that heart was a very important component of my makeup and mm -hmm. I could not afford to leave it behind no matter how confusing my reality looked. And I, I think I this, looking back, this was just a blessing in disguise. Like I just intuitively knew that I am not leaving my heart behind no matter how much challenging this journey goes, no matter what it comes, like right. I am not leaving my heart behind. And I am, and I am like, sometimes I just want to like hug myself because I'm so <laughs> proud of myself for, you know, making well, a that's... commitment to do that. Absolutely. And, and that's something to be proud of. You know, I, I definitely commend you for that, Kiran. Um, in fact, you know, um, to have that defining moment, you know, to where, where, where you have that realization that everything that you encounter and go into from this point of your life moving forward, you must have your heart involved. Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking like, did you have this realization during your studies uh, where where you had to where you understood now that you must lead in with your heart or a line between your heart and head or was there a certain event that kind of that kind of projected you in that direction? I wish there was just one event and that would have saved me from so much agony. There were multiple <laughs> events. Gotcha. And, so you know, was, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, I I would say you know. Um, our educational system, it does not prepare you um, to think from our from your heart. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. So for me, it, it was meditation. Wonderful. Um, that, yeah. I, I actually had a breakdown um, around 2008, 2009, and, mm. which kind of led to an out-of-body experience. And when that experience was done and over, I remember like I woke up as a completely different person and it, it just felt like overnight my priorities had changed. Everything had changed. Like even I couldn't recognize myself, oh my. but that didn't, yeah, but that didn't mean that, you know, everything was just lined up for me and I could just walk into whatever I needed to do next. Oh no, it, it, it was a mess. It was like, I'm a, like, I'm a recovering perfectionist <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> who is now a proud imperfectionist. <laughs> so so imagine having a perfectionist having to deal with, uh, you know, with things being uncertain, with things being just hazy and clouded. And oh being my comfortable God. with that. Right. Oh, my God. Every single moment. I was like, what the heck have I got myself into? <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. So would you would you would you say that? Uh, the overanalyzing and the perfectionism mindset that you had previously were kind of uh, correlated? Oh, absolutely. I think it's kind of like, um, you know, I actually came across a TED Talk by Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you have watched a TED Talk or not, The Power of Vulnerability, that came out in 2012. And it has such a huge impact on me. And mm. so English was not my first language. And I remember looking up vulnerability in my mother tongue. And in my mother tongue, it means weakness. And I was mm. like, wow. And so for me to, you know, really understand like what it meant and then be able to, you know, stand in it and being like, oh, is this vulnerability? 
is this not vulnerability? Like, what the heck is it? Right. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, she explains it best. She says, you know, when you have perfectionism, it's just way to protect yourself. And because you feel like you're not going to be enough and you mm. show up in the world and, you know, you have this high standard about yourself, like this is how it should be. And if it's anything less than that, I mean, if it's anything less than what expectation you have set for yourself, that you won't be loved and accepted by mm. people. And so she says that, you know, it's, it's like, a, like a shield you put upon yourself. And, um, and, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it, it was such an impediment for me. Every time I wanted to step out, maybe start my company, buy a house, you know, do all right. the things that I'd always wanted to do, I always felt stopped by my perfectionism or by my overthinking tendencies. So how is this going to work out? But I don't right. see how is this supposed to work. What do you mean, you know, take a leap of faith and the net will appear. What, what if it doesn't appear? <laughs> then I'll fall right. down. <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't help but think that, right? Or ask those questions as a perfectionist. You know, it, you know like because you're so red in the rainbow, you right. can't see you are being the color red. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, like you just feel like, why the heck are you not taking any action? Like, I remember I was just stuck. And like, I, I was, I was kind of like a deer caught in headlight. Right. <laughs> I was like, why am I, why am I not, I'm not taking an action. I was just stuck. <laughs> but you wow. know, as I delved deeper, I realized I was like, oh my God, like I am just stuck in this mindset and this mind loop of my overthinking and overanalyzing patterns that I have, you know, in a way. Um, used all my life to protect myself, to keep myself safe and protected. Right. And that was quite a wake-up call, and it didn't happen overnight. I wish it did. It didn't. But it, it took time, right? And it took a lot of uh, effort and a lot of work. And it sounds like the uh, meditation, like for most people, um, especially for you, was really uh, transformational, right? Uh, it really transformed you in a big way because, uh, and, and I practice uh, mindful breathing every day. Uh, so, you know, from what I've read and learned, at least um, with meditation, it's not about being perfect. And there are going to be times, and, and I've noticed with myself, when, when I meditate or when I breathe and practice mindfulness, you know, it won't be perfect because there are things that kind of enter my mind and I think about them and I'm trying to be still, I'm trying to just breathe and focus. And the thought would then just leave my mind kind of like clouds going by in the sky, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so, um, I had to have the faith and, and have just the, the, the comfort in knowing that it's okay that it's not perfect and that it is okay for those thoughts to enter my mind and to leave my mind like that. So um, that takes a heck of an adjustment when you're used to having everything black and white, answers right. to everything uh, that are logical uh, as a perfectionist would, I would think. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, also in my personal life, um, 
you know, where I was noticing that my relationships were not working. Mm. You know, in mm-hmm. when it's in black and white, you can see, um, for example, in this day and age, you know, you can pretty much find every single thing there is to find on Google. Right. Um, you know, it's right there in front of you. It's either a yes or a no. However, right. when it comes to, per, you know, it's like a zero or a one. But when it comes to personal relationships, it doesn't work like that. No matter how much you ask Google, if a person, you know, says no to you, it's a no. And, right. and I think, and I think for me, that was also like a huge wake up call and actually a very painful wake up call in, in learning that, oh, you also get rejected. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, hey, that happens too, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, your heart gets broken and, and then you, you know, want to protect your heart even more. And so it, it was not just, you know, my analytical um, mindset, you know, with the way I was, I had mm-hmm. learned and in school all these years, but it was also the experiences in my personal life. I was like, I how see. come it's not working? Right. How come right. it's not like this? <laughs> and, and I bless all those experiences because they made me the person I'm today. And I'm so grateful they happened the way they did. And they happened that way for a true reason as part of forming you into who you are today. That is tremendous. That is, uh, that's extraordinary, Kiran. I really appreciate you sharing that um, with us. And, and the, the, the simple fact that, you know, this defining moment, it really wasn't a defining moment. It was defining moments, right? It didn't happen Absolutely. overnight. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, operate for your re, uh, listeners, I'll also add, um, you know, one of my meditation teachers would always used to say that, you know, when one relationship doesn't work, a lot of people quickly go into another relationship, <clears throat> excuse right. me, thinking that that person or a new person, you know, would just magically uh, make all their problems go away. But, you know, it doesn't work like that because unless you change at the most fundamental level, you are going to attract another person in a different body, but with same issues. Absolutely. So I kind of got that pretty clear in my head. So when my relationships didn't work, I was like, oh, no, I am not running around looking for someone else now. I need to sit with myself. And I need to address myself and change myself such that who I am and the frequency that I am giving off is a brand new frequency. Absolutely. And yeah, and I think it's so easy to get tripped. And especially when, you know, everyone around you is like, hey, what's wrong with you? Or aren't you supposed to do this? Or aren't you supposed to do that? And, you know, just to have that conviction, no. Like, you know, I, I got to be true to myself and, and I, and I, and I'm again, you know, so grateful. I, I just had that sixth sense somewhere that mm-hmm. this is what I needed to do for, for myself, for my journey. Right. And I had the courage to do that because sometimes it, it was not as easy as I'm making it sound to be. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it was. And, and, and I wouldn't imagine it to be, you know, and, and it's, it's, it takes a lot of courage, right? It takes a lot of courage and you have to learn to be comfortable and content with yourself and being by yourself so that you can figure these things out 
about who you are, about what type Absolutely. of vibes, right? Yeah, about what type of vibes you are releasing and what type of energy you're releasing versus the type of energy you want to release. And so I tell you, Kiran, I really, really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners because um, it's so important for people to know that before you can effectively interact with the world and do good in the world and love people in this world, we must learn how to love ourselves within. We must learn to look for the things that uh, and the tools that, you know, that we have within our hearts, within our souls, so that we can function in a purposeful way in the world with other people. So I, I truly appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. Absolutely. Uh, most welcome. And on that end, I'll also know, uh, add here, you know, um, a lot of times it's very difficult. Um, it's actually very difficult to be able to sit with yourself in, when you're in pain, when you're in discomfort. Right. And it is so easy, you know, to discharge that pain through Netflix, through food, through clubbing, through you name it, you know, fill in the blanks. Like there are a, a gazillion, you know, ways to distract yourself in today's day and age. Sure. Um, but, but, you know, I realized also through journaling, through meditation, through different activities, that I started to fall in love with just by being with, by myself. And I would find comfort and strength in that. And I didn't need a hundred people or, you know, 200 people to go and check into and find out what they were doing and needed to tell them what I was doing. Right. And because I, I learned and realized that like, this is what good feels like. Yes. And the, the kind of people I want to attract should match this or even better. Because if that's not happening, I am better off myself. <laughs> well said. That is so absolutely true, so genuine. And I'm sure, uh, Kiran, that you've uh, mentioned these revelations, right, um, in, in your book, Overcoming Fear and Failure. Um, can you share with us um, about the book and your inspiration behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so last year, I was actually really struggling with, you know, where my career was going, what was really in my heart. Right. And I knew it was about time that I had to just trust and take a leap of faith, whatever that meant. And personally, for me, what all that also meant was, you know, um, moving to India for, for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something that I was really you know, going back and forth with, is this something I want to do? Do I want to say goodbye to my 10-year-old career? You know, it was like yin and yang. Every day it was a whole new, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) confrontation of my fears and like, you know, what my heart wants and all that stuff. And then, but you know, uh, one thing I noticed, and I'm so grateful, uh, is I had always, like, because I'm an overthinker, I always struggled with learning to surrender. In fact, one of my meditation teachers told me, he said, you're so intelligent, and that's why you don't surrender. And mm. I said, but I want to learn this. And so this is, this is uh, the real deal of how things unfolded. I started, I forgot, I said, okay, for a moment, let's just forget 
what my head want, what my hearts want. What I'm going to atten pay attention to is let's just feel into the energy of things, right. okay? Forget about what you want, what you don't want. Let's just feel into the energy. And I noticed in June of last year, I moved into one apartment. I, like I moved from one apartment into the into other. That right. didn't work. I had to move again. Then after one month, something something happened, and I had to move again. Oh, and I no. was like, all right. <laughs> if that is not a clear sign from the universe, I don't know what is. That's right. And the funny thing is, progressively, those apartment sizes were getting smaller. Oh, no. <laughs> There's the metaphor behind that or something. <laughs> exactly. I was like, all right, you know, I don't need like a four by four to come and, you know, hit me. I can, I, I think I can, <laughs> I get this message from the universe loud and clear. Right. And then the other thing was, um, you know, I started paying attention to what people in my outside world were saying and what, were the, what was the energy behind it. So as an example, let's say, um, you know, you're my friend or you're my boss and you tell me something. And I'm like, oh, and you say exactly the kind of words that I want to hear. And I'm like, okay. But when I really feel into it, and when I feel into the overall energy, I'm like, things are not matching up. There's a mm. disconnect somewhere. And once I just started paying attention to that, it just became easier and easier to take a decision with one fine day, I was like, that's it, I'm going for it. Mm. And when I made my mind, it was like, once I make my mind, I make my mind. Then there's right. no going back for me because right. I, I take my own sweet time, but when I'm convinced, there's no looking back. So around this time, as I knew I was gonna, uh, I was gonna do this, I was like, all right, I can't be, you know, uh, going home and not doing anything. I gotta do something. And I was like, all right, what's the thing I can do in the shortest amount of time? And I was like, okay, okay I really enjoy writing. Mm -hmm. And then this blueprint of this book literally came out in like about an hour and a half. I was at a coffee shop. I was like, you know, I've struggled with failure. I've struggled with fears more than I dare, you know, care to admit. And, and it's because of the way I've been set in my ways of thinking, which is very over analytical, very like thinky thinky, and mm -hmm. I'm going to do something about it. And because most of my interactions were with women and my girlfriends, Mm -hmm. um, so it just made sense. And, and I knew they were also challenged by the same things that I was challenged by. So I was like, you know what, let me just write a book for women who overthink and overanalyze. Here's what you need to do in order to <laughs> overcome fear and failure. Got but, the book it. Applies, <laughs> but the book applies just as much to men. It's just that I didn't have one-to-one -one interactions with tons of them to be like, okay, you know, guys, I think this is uh, what you might go through as well. So it was sure. just, you know, something I just wanted to, you know, get uh, done with as soon as possible. So that was the backstory of the book. No, that makes sense. No, for sure. And, uh, and, and, and that's wonderful. That, that is, that is wonderful. And, 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 and I'm sure in the people that you've talked with, uh, as, as you develop the book, uh, there were a lot of common relatable scenarios right and feelings that kind of surfaced as as a uh, as a result of that dialogue absolutely most of my book is through my own struggles 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, but we can all relate to not feeling as if you're not enough. You're not enough of a man. You're not enough of a woman. You're not thin enough, beautiful enough. I mean, you name it and it's all garbage, but it's there. And it's very real, you know, when you, when you feel those things. So, yes, I mean, I've spoken to so many uh, people who have read the book. They're like, yeah, we see ourselves in the book. Amazing. Amazing. And so you're connecting with people, and that is wonderful. So it's in your writings. It's in how you interact and talk and chat with people uh, about these topics. And, and so, you know, as part of the growth and improvement community, uh, I have to thank you as a colleague and, 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 and as a friend for, for, you know, opening yourself up for sharing this, you know, and, and sharing your, your personal uh, experiences and, 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 and struggles, you know, to make this develop and make yourself a better person. So thank you. Um, thank you. I mean, you know, for giving me this platform, I'm so grateful, you know, to be able to reach out to your audience. And, you know, we all learn from one another. We are all in this together uh, That's right. as a collective humanity. You know, none of us gets through life on our own. And, you know, there were so many people whose work I have been inspired by. And if I can, you know, even help one person out there, I think I would have accomplished my work with this book. Oh, for sure. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So, Kiran, this takes us to uh, a segment I like to call Three for the Road. Uh, This is where I ask you three different questions each question um, we try to encourage a rapid fire response in five words or less Uh, so who knows what angle these questions will come from but we do craft the questions in such a way that will uh, hopefully bear a thought-provoking and profound response so uh, you think you're up for it all right let's do it okay awesome So here is your three for the road. Number one, what has writing taught you about yourself? That I can trust myself. Nice. I can dig that. Very nice. Awesome. Number two, if you were to describe fear, as a tangible object, what would it be? Hmm. Um, like, um, like a cactus plant. Hmm. Yeah. With the thorns and yes, with spots. thorns. Yes, okay. and and actually a beautiful flower too. Gotcha. Yeah, because it, yeah, it is beautiful when you see Mm it, uh, but in order to, to get that flower, you have to go through the thorns. And I think that's just a part of developing yourself and becoming a better version of yourself. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, I can, I I can definitely see, see the beauty and the, uh, some of the uh, painful parts (laughs) in, in fear (laughs) being tangible. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, And number three. If you were the absolute undisputed leader of the world, you're the ruler, but you can only make one rule that everyone on this earth must follow. What would it be? 
only love. Only love. Yeah. I like that. I like that. A, a huge meaning in two short words, only love. Wonderful. Kiran, I really, really enjoyed chatting with you today. It was such an honor and privilege. Hey, thank you so much for your time, Kiran. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, no, my pleasure, my pleasure. And for our listeners, uh, please check on Amazon to look for Kiran's book. Just search Overcoming Fear and Failure, A Practical Guide for Women Who Overthink. Look for her book on Amazon and be sure that you search for her on LinkedIn and follow her. She has some tremendous uh, articles that she has written uh, with uh, a lot of relatable information and inspiring information as well. So uh, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening. So please remember, subscribe, rate, review, and share across all of your social media outlets. It brings me such pleasure and joy to be of service in bringing this to all of you. And lastly, please don't forget to visit the newly launched website, roadtoredescovery.com, and join the mailing list to become a roadie. As a roadie, You'll get exclusive show insights on such things as episode backstories, cutting room floor topics, sneak peek notifications, and more. Again, that's road to the number two, rediscovery.com. Thanks again, everyone. It sure feels good having you on the journey with me. For the Road to Rediscovery, this is Aubrey Johnson, and we'll chat again soon.